Hi, I'm Adam Payne, the host of the Keeping It Business podcast. I'm a multiple small business owner, a business mentor and growth coach. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, please visit www.newagrowth.com. Okay, welcome to another Keeping It Business podcast. I have the lovely Samantha Jackman here. And I, as always, I will let uh, Samantha introduce herself and her current uh, businesses. So, Sam, over to yourself. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Sam and I run Boost Innovations Limited. And Boost is a company that mostly works with women who have had breast cancer. Um, we do a lot of human-centered design innovation. And our main product that we make is the Boost Breast Form, which is an alternative to a kind of chicken fillet silicon style breast form. So it is recyclable. It functions better for women who have active lifestyles. So you could wear it for swimming or yoga or jogging. And it's just a completely different way of looking at the product. So that's like our, our main product that's out there in the world at the moment. But underneath that, we also have a commitment to design and innovation. So we work a lot with our customers Customers, our boost customers, but also women in all sorts of, of different shapes and sizes and all sorts of contexts to see if we can help them with whatever it is that's causing the pain points in their lives. And we have this commitment to um, an innovation strategy, really, which means that alongside our core product lines, we've always got this underneath layer of innovation bubbling away. And then those products eventually pop up into our main products um, selling uh, selling cycles. So um, we have launched our Boost Breast Form and it's doing rather well. And we are working on different iterations of that. We've got um, patents in the UK, uh, EU, I think now, and the US. Um, and we are just working on, on kind of the next stage of designs and branching out and just really listening to the women that we work with and just understanding what it is they want us to do, which is kind of our ethos and what we do. We're a, a small team of four um, and we do our manufacturing in-house, which means that we do have the ability to be agile and really respond to what they're telling us, which is what is actually really valuable of a company it makes us quite different to other people who um who manufacture these type of products so um that's boost but also i work as a freelance consultant and i do business support um with with organizations quite often they're female founders or um projects that have an environmental kind of spin or impact i tend to be a bit picky and i choose people who i work with so if it's going to be something that's going to make a good thing in the world or somebody who I think would be really nice to work with or that I can make a positive impact with, then then that's what I prioritise. So um, I also do quite a lot of, of freelance consultancy for arts and cultural projects. And I'm sure that we'll talk about that later because I know you've been having a look into I my have, background. Have, yes. um, so I still do a little bit under my consultancy banner, a little bit of work with arts and cultural organisations usually um, supporting people who are considering getting some grant funding for whatever it is they want to do. Um, and that can be Innovate UK funding I can support with or I mentor for. Um, I have some mentoring arrangements to do with Arts Council England and their funding. Um, I'm supporting a client at the moment with the National Lottery Heritage Fund. So all different types of, of routes to funding if the project is a really cool one. And I think it's it's really needs to happen in the world then I can get involved and, and support people with how to access the money that can make that happen. 
fantastic. Now, the thing that I'm picking out here is, and I know you said, oh, I'm, I'm picky around that, around who I work with or what I do or anything like that. But the, the, <laughs> the, thing, the ethos that, that that comes out of that from, from that I'm picking up is there has it's, there's an impact there, be it that environmental, that live impact or whatever. So, you know, I can't fault you for that at all. It, there's, that's your values, your principles, a whole ethos. So uh, there is nothing mm. wrong with that, absolutely. And we will come back to that, I think. Now, the one thing I do want to do is we will go into a little bit of the backstory around uh, your career um, and in particular sort of like Boost. But I do want to, I do want you to, if you're open to this, is to cover the backstory on boost and how this I, come about and and because when you when you first said when i first met you and you first said the implants like a chicken fillet and you showed this on now now sammy's showing one here and i'm not kidding you when you look at these they are like a chicken fillet <laughs> and can it describe did. it so it's beige and it's fleshy and it's for the end engineers in the room it's a it's a silicon gel encased in a polyurethane film so it's quite difficult to recycle it's not very resilient it does it's like a, a bag of fleshy things and uh, it's designed to replicate supposedly the flesh of the breast tissue that you might have lost if you've had breast cancer treatment um but the disadvantages of this is that it is quite heavy um, it, it's bulky, it's not very robust, it's easy to split and leak, it's non-recyclable, you can't really do anything with it if you break it or if it doesn't fit you anymore. Um, and it also, if you are uh, physically active, it can be quite difficult to be physically active wearing it because it will flop against your chest wall, which can be uncomfortable. And it's also prone to making women sweat, which can lead to skin infections, to rashes. I mean, women with with natural breasts who've, who have both breasts, they sweat under their breasts, and this, especially in this kind of weather. But then this is a, a plasticky thing against your skin, and that can make that even more difficult. And if you've got scarring or tissue damage there, it can be really 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 gross so um it's just kind of um supporting women listening to what people's pain points were wearing this type of thing so yeah that's where we started and and go on adam and i was going to say that now because we have described that and, and as, as sam's described that you got it now whilst we're doing that we might as well go through the comparison of what you've designed and then come on to the backstory around how oh yeah, yeah. To this. so if you describe now your your current design, your current innovation on this? So the product that we brought to market is an alternative design of the breast form. So it gives shape under your clothing. It gives you the bump where you would think your breast profile would be, but it has taken the bulk out. So it's 100% medical grade silicone, but it is designed with an open structure. So it is almost like a solid shape but with then cut out parts that make it function that gives it the squidginess so it's got internal rib structure which gives it a a kind of bounce which means that it can pass the hug test now for our women the hug test is really important if their grandchild comes and give them a big squeeze you want the boob to, to squidge a bit but not too much and and this is what we've we've been developing and so it's got 
a pretty pattern on the front. That pattern is integral to the structure and functionality, but also provides it with a different a different way of engaging with the product. It feels more like an accessory. It's quite pretty. It's very positive to wear. We make them in funky colors. We don't make them in beige or skin color. So they're more um, suitable for women of color and for anybody who's just looking to wear it slightly differently so it's more of an accessory you're not replacing the flesh of the breast you lost because nothing really is going to replace the, the the breast you've lost what we're doing is just giving you something to put in your clothes to help them to sit more comfortably and also making a product that's a lot lighter so if you were going swimming or you were going jogging or you were doing yoga it's not going to irritate you it doesn't it lets air flow so you're not going to get those skin issues and if you get a bit sweaty then it's really easy to clean in fact you can you can clean it in hot soapy water you can sterilize it in a baby sterilizer you can do lots of things with it and it is very robust you're not going to split it you're not going to leak and we can recycle them so all of those reasons are why this is a really cool thing to have the the boost breast form is very different to the traditional style and just just as me outside looking in these aesthetically uh, they are just chalk and cheese and and the innovation that sam's done on this is just just so much way better i should i should say adam i really want to say that this is a team effort so i had um, a co-founder with me at the beginning of the company rosie and it was her who like really helped me to catalyze these ideas and and obviously chris our engineer who's been with us really from the start who's now our design director as part of boost and and he's just so talented he's, he's really good at what he does so team effort not just me but i'm here talking about it so. yeah we, i'm hoping to do a, do a podcast with chris later uh, to later date uh, around uh, his uh, side of this as well from a design yeah. aspect from engineering yeah, yeah, point absolutely. Of so yes it's a fantastic it is we'll probably get more into it now backstory so tell back. me the backstory of how this happened and how this so my mum my, yeah my mum my had breast cancer and it was about probably about 17 years ago now it's a really long time ago and um, I was uh, when she was first diagnosed, I just started doing my teacher training and I was training to be an RE teacher and uh, in secondary schools and I was I was doing that and she was diagnosed with breast cancer and um, and she had her treatment. She had a single mastectomy and uh, the surgeons didn't want to do a double mastectomy because her other breast was still healthy. So they just took one. And that left her lopsided, obviously. She's only got one breast. She didn't want to have a reconstruction because reconstruction surgery, it doesn't suit everybody and and you have to make different choices. So for some reason, for some women, they can focus on reconstruction and that can work really well for them. And for others, it doesn't always work. So um, my mum decided that, that reconstruction probably wasn't going to be right for her. And then there were a few complications with her other surgery that meant that it wasn't really an option. So... Um, so she had to, she was issued with a prosthesis, which was, um, as we've mentioned, and as we've described the standard prosthesis, the chicken fillet type thing. And uh, and she struggled on with that for a while. And I can just remember her, and she just used to complain about it all the time. And then she said, like, one day she's just like, I'm just not going to wear it anymore. I'm not going to wear anything if that's the kind of... And I went online and I was buying things on the internet and I was searching for different products and I and everything that came everything that I bought and bearing in mind like these things are usually about 140 to 250 quid to buy 
And I was buying all these different variations of these, but they were all basically the same thing, just different like packaging or different branding. They were all basically the same, like the same core structure, a, a gel type substance in a plastic, like silicone gel in a plastic kind of film. And they're all about, about the same. And we couldn't find anything that was was better that she really would like. And so she kept going on and on about it. And then I was working um, at Plymouth College of Art, which I think you'll probably go into when we talk about my backstory a bit more. And I was working and um, she was, mum was coming up to look after my son, who was um, young at the time, sort of three, four. And one day she walked in and she said, oh, I've had enough of this breath. Oh, she said to me, as I was just about to go out the door to go to work, and she said, I don't even know why it has to look like that. Why does it have to look like that? And it was that, it was that that really got me. Like, not that, oh, I don't like it, it's too heavy, or I don't like it. It's why does it have to look like that? And all the way into work, I was kind of like thinking in my head, like, yeah, why? I could have a leopard print boob and like a leopard a leopard print boob would be so cool and it'd be so much more fun like why do they have to make it beige and fleshy and weird like why can't it be something cool so I was just kind of thinking about that and when I got to work we started to talk about her in, in the open plan office and and then that kind of sprouted the idea really but it wasn't until a few years later um and my um my business my former business partner she was like involved with that and we started to really consider like what if other women felt the same way that my mum I know my mum have these really strong feelings about it but what if other and it turned out that other women did you know they did feel the same way but there just wasn't anybody what? listening to them because you just said that there was a, there was a, a bit of a gap between yeah. this conversation with your mum, so what yeah. what triggered the the the, the conversation in that in that from that gap, and then um, all of a sudden going into it, I I don't I don't really know. I think it's just circumstances evolved, don't they? And and yeah. I think we just got ourselves in a position where we we're like, let's actually look into this a little bit more. And um, fantastic. And then and that's where it kind of developed okay. from. And and we had we suddenly realised that actually it wasn't that women were really happy with these. I mean, we'd spoke, we, I'd had, um, we had spoken to a manufacturer who made these and they said, yeah, ours are brilliant. Women love them. You know, we sell loads of them. And we're like, do you think you sell loads of them just because that's the only thing that's really there? Okay. And they were like, no, 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 everybody loves it. This is the perfect thing. And we're like, but all the women we speak to say it's not. Like, um, so... Like, who are you speaking to? Where are the women? And and actually, they sent us, um, one of the manufacturers sent us a, 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 a slide deck about their R&D process that they send to people to show how they develop their products. And there wasn't a single woman in any of the slides until the very end when they were trying it on no, her, like when they were trying I, it on I, her. I, I was oh. just going to say about that, I bet it was absolutely, uh, there was no female... No. They've been through the process that had entered in, so not even looked and talked to their own customer or through the customer. They probably lives. do some research. I should think they do research in some way or other, but probably very medicalized rather than from the point of view of the woman users. So we're quite keen that mm. that women see our product as as kind of a choice. It's a choice to wear and not necessarily 
a medical prosthesis because a prosthesis by definition is the replacement body part it's a thing to replace the bit that you've lost and actually what we want to say is oh we think it's cool that you only have one boob it's okay you know it's a we shouldn't be ashamed of how our bodies are different especially when we've been through something that's really quite life-changing so you know if you don't want to wear any boobs or you just want to you don't want to wear a boob you know that's cool like let's let's have a society that embraces that but actually if you do want to wear something then this is an accessory that you can wear and we don't want you to feel like it's a reminder that you've had a health problem every time you put it on we don't want you to feel like that we want you to feel positive we want you to feel empowered to wear it and we want you to say hey look I can show it off because it's matching my swimsuit or I don't mind if people see it in the changing room because I, it's quite a funky thing to see or to and it feels nice to touch and I feel I feel quite good about having to wear it rather than having to be reminded that you've had like a really shit time basically. Yeah, no, absolutely because it's that was the first the first thing that crossed my mind it was when 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 you first showed me in the in the first so like and i don't know I'm not going through this or you know when i know and have friends that have um but even like sort of like losing a limb is it's just me personally is that i've lost the limb i don't want to have something that sort of like is so lifelike it feels like i've replaced that limb it didn't it, 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 for me this is just me talking it, it it does it didn't feel right i just want to know that i got something there and it was practical functional and it delivered you can have what any I leg and yeah you yeah. could have any leg you wanted adam you could have like one of those running blades and run super fast you could have whatever you could have a superhero arm if you're a child you know yeah. you can have all these different things with lower limb prosthesis but why why has the the breast prosthesis been so left behind in that yeah. design revolution it's just because well, when i first looked at it i thought yeah i can't honestly say that if it was if i was if it was me and you know i ended up with something like that i i wouldn't want that i you know it just just a, a reminder it just felt to me like a reminder i just i know yeah I just, that's exactly too. right and that's what women have said to us that they feel more confident actually sometimes wearing our products because because it's if they do have to take it out if they're in a changing room at the gym or they or they do take it out or their their child picks it up and runs about with it um that actually it's not it's not anything they don't feel ashamed or embarrassed or you know or yeah. like it needs an explanation they just can let it go um and nobody nobody really cares nobody looks funny nobody goes oh that's a fake boob because it doesn't really look like that it's it's yeah. there it's a functional product so yeah it's a different yeah. thing absolutely absolutely so we will come back onto the onto this uh, as well so okay. but i am intrigued around some your, your background as well um in particular you know i, I mean you said that you, you re teacher is that something yeah. from you, you know, when you started because you're, you're this entrepreneurial businesswoman now <laughs> going from a, like an re teacher to this entrepreneurial businesswoman is that that's a quite a big big difference a different step um and did you always want to go into teaching when you first started out when you first you know was I it didn't want I didn't know what I wanted to do I don't know I don't know how much of my backstory I did tell you last time I can't remember but you... um when when I was 17 I was told I'd never be able to work because I've got an autoimmune condition that makes me disabled and um and that's what Prove I was 
<laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, my life choices have been one big, you know, f you to everybody who ever told me that I could. You know, I, some of this stuff is, you know, when I look around, it's like you've got, you know, like you say, you've got. It, I don't even look at them as a disability because, you know, my I've got my nephew's autistic and we, my mm. daughter suffers mental health and she's got dyslexia and things like that. I look at it in some ways as a gift because we look, the, the, they look, people, they have a different view and a different view on things and they look at things a different perspective. And that can be so liberating and also innovative in the way she yeah. does that. So I like my daughter, some of the creativity and some of the strategic side, she's 18, I show her my strategy mm -hmm. and I say, what do, I th what do you think? And she throws a completely different light on it that challenges me to look different. And I always think this is it's a gift. It's a bloody gift. And we've got, got to stop looking at them as disabilities because they're not. That's we, we, I think I'm almost certain we, we call them disabilities to make every, the general populace uh, like accept it or give it a label where it's not it's a bloody gift there are gifts to this maybe, people, hasn't stopped are scared. You. maybe yeah. people are scared about that off piece the creative thinking that's where the revolution starts you see with the people yeah. like us um but yeah for, for me for me it was a physical disability so um my body attacks itself and it's a rare condition called um adult onset stills disease and I was diagnosed when I was 17 and coming up to 18 and um, just was constantly told, oh, you you can't, you won't, you won't be able to do this. You can't do that. You won't be able to do that. You're not well enough. And in and out of hospital and, and having really, really issues with my mobility, um, which lasted a really long time. And uh, I went to university anyway, because I, I my university was really supportive and they, they, made me like a disabled room downstairs in a block and they refurbished it for me so like everything was good because they get lots of funding to have a disabled person so I'm quite happy about it um and uh, I had a lot of support at uni and I, I did my uni course and I came out of uni and then the, I was like well what do I do now because I never really thought about what job I was going to do because all I kept get, getting told I was on incapacity benefits and incapacity benefits were basically like well we're saying you're too ill to work so we just give you these benefits um, so I didn't really know what I was going to do. And so my university said, well, why don't you do a teacher training year? Um, because that you can still be at uni for another year. It's like a postgraduate course. And so I came back to, um, to the Southwest and I did teacher training and I was training to be an RE teacher. And I did a bit of that. And then I realized that um, possibly, have I frozen or is it still okay? <laughs> you're frozen but I can still hear you so you're okay just you can carry on carry on so I came back um to do teacher training and um and then I did teacher training and I realized that actually what I really enjoyed most about teacher training was the children that nobody really wanted to teach they were my favorites and I liked them best and I used to get called as a, as a trainee young teacher I was 23 or 24 I used to get called to remove the violent boys quite often because I was in secondary school and there was a couple of boys that used to fight either with each other or one of them headbutted his teaching assistant once and they always called me and I would come and remove them from the classroom right 
And uh, and I thought, these are the boys that I want to work. These are the kids that I like. They're the best ones. Like, why is everybody so awful to them all the time? It's no wonder that they they have they lash out because that's what people expect them to do. And then they do that. And just like you were saying about neurodiversity, like nobody was really listening to them. And so um, so that's what I did. I left mainstream teaching and I went and joined City College Plymouth in Plymouth. And I was teaching on the um, programmes for young people who were either excluded from education or people who had loads of barriers to accessing education. And I worked in those departments for quite a long time, um, for about seven years, actually worked there. Um, so did that instead and that was really I loved that that was I'm gonna say how you know how rewarding (laughs) was that for you you know just put that into words for you is is that you know I just I really I really enjoyed I really enjoyed working with those young people um because it just what did you you learn from it you know in that with that because that is a that is going to be a two-way uh learning yeah I mean what did you take from that I think really it was about just about um about not about being non-judgmental really and about really actually a lot probably reflecting on it now talking to you probably a lot about human-centered design and actually listening to people and then acting on what their needs are what not what you think your priorities are or what you think their priorities should be actually what is their priorities why are they behaving like they're behaving like you know they could be behaving like they are because they've got something really bad going on at home or they haven't eaten for two days because their parents can't afford, or they're not being fed at home and, you know all these different things and actually we learned really early on to like we really understand individual young people find safe spaces for them to talk to us and explain to us to help them to figure out how because a lot of the young people we worked with used to come to us and go I'll just I'm a waste of time there's no point in trying to teach me because there's no point I've been told I've been told I'm good enough I'm not going to be able to do anything with my life and actually I was told I wouldn't do anything with my life because of my health condition was nothing to do with me I mean I got all straight A's in my A levels I'd done everything I should have been doing I got A's in everything I got A's in my GCSE got A's in my A levels and then I was told well you can't work anyway and so you know I I felt that there was there was a lot of pressure on people who just labeled as something when they're really it's not that that straightforward and that's what I took away from it and I think that has helped me to incorporate those those just not making assumptions just making that that space for communication into what we do in the business actually it's really really important to what we do here with women we don't try to assume what they need we ask them to tell us no, no. What I was going to ask you, and this may be one plus one coming up with ten million here. Like, but <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that played a big part in how you are with your ethos around, particularly with the freelance work and who you do with that you deal with around yeah. the ethos and the impact that it has to give? Because you've had gone through what you've gone through, but also with this, the younger side of the excluded people. yeah yeah so, because no. not everybody can afford to pay for things either and so what when I work with clients especially during the lockdowns I work with some clients that I didn't charge for um because I just knew that 
they would do really cool things in the world and um and whether they can pay me or not probably wasn't the priority I mean I had a full-time job or a, a, a job that was paying my salaries in the lockdown and then I'd take freelance clients on the side and then I was building boost at the same time so I was um juggling quite a lot of stuff but in the lockdowns I was really able to to sort of refine how that offer would look and and how I would work with clients because um because it just enabled me that space to do that because we were all stuck at home we had extra hours in the day we weren't commuting weren't doing the stuff so I could do my normal job and still deliver the outputs of my salary job and still have time to really really do quite a lot of the other stuff that I was doing so yeah I think it with individual clients that I've worked with I think it's it has supported me especially when they come especially when people come to me and they say oh I've looked at that funding it's not for me and I'm like why why is it not for you is it because somebody's told you that and if somebody's told you that they're probably wrong <laughs> let's Absolutely. go through it and find Absolutely. out <laughs> now coming back coming, stepping back now coming back to, to you know you, you're uh, diagnosed with this um, uh, disability uh, yeah. and where are you because if if I didn't know that from when we first met no, no, I and don't. I wouldn't have said there was any because from physicality and everything, movement, yeah. everything like that. Just yeah. you know, there is the thing. So, how has that sort of like progressed for you? In because I just wouldn't have said there was there was there was anything. No, no, and and that's that's the thing I think with some health conditions that it's really difficult. I mean, you can't you can't say. I mean, when I was at my worst, when I was younger, um, sort of. 1920 I couldn't lift my arms to wash my hair I had to have people care for me like I couldn't lift my arms up to wash my hair and I couldn't walk more than a few steps and I had to have a wheelchair on occasion and um, I didn't like it so I probably used it about twice but um I just uh, it was uh, it was there um and I had a blue disabled badge for quite a few years um but I um I, I tend I think it's that my health is kind of is managed as I've got older it's got better um it could have gone two ways I I had a son and when I was pregnant with my son they said to me like your body's either going to react really well to this or it's going to react really badly and we don't quite know which way it's going to go and luckily it went it reacted really well and that's kind of put me in a bit of remission my son's 12 now and I've still maintained fairly healthy, you know, it's fairly, fairly fine. I'm pretty much medication free. Um, I mean, I have been on medication for years, which is like an immunosuppressant drugs that you have to inject into your tummy. And I was on those for a really long time and then they start killing your liver. And so you, so to get off all of that, to just be managing things with diet, exercise, painkillers, but just kind of more holistically, that's, that's how it is. And, and it's been fine. It's been fine. Um, so, now, yeah, I, it's, it's much better than it was. <laughs> holding this discussion with you now and having the, having the discussions that I've had with you before, you've got a, a strong mindset. There's no two mm -hmm. ways about it. Now, how much of it do you put down to that mindset with you? I don't know actually probably a, I guess probably a fair bit I don't I don't think I've ever reflected on that before um I just spend a lot of time just bulldozing forward because I was always told that I probably wouldn't get anywhere so like every little way I can 
get something moving or get something going or create these little ripples around me then that's what I want to do and and I don't I guess I don't really think about it but yeah you, you might be right I mean um they do when you have a, a chronic health condition I mean people do want to pigeonhole you you have yeah. to go for medication reviews they keep saying oh do you think you need to go back on medication and I keep saying no I think I'm okay I will tell you if I think I need to you know um so so yeah it's just I think there's a lot of self-management there you're right you're probably right there is a lot of self because I mean I know I'm gonna be ill at times I know that if I overdo it then I have to book in rest days and I book in rest days in my calendars and stuff so that I can manage without having to put loads of um extra medication um on the side so it's just how you go I yeah there's the thing for me is you just you can tell from just your mindset and everything like that as you say when people start labeling us and when people around us start talking to us and then we start believing ourselves it's the easiest easy for us to talk ourselves into that situation where or that scenario whereas you don't you question and it's like a red rag to a ball is like no fuck that I ain't doing that but do you know what Adam a lot of that was from my mum so before my mum so when I started to get better from my illness and I was doing I was able to work I was doing my teacher training and stuff that's the year she was diagnosed with cancer so um I felt that I just started to get my life back and then she was ill um so it was all a bit of a a weird a weird timing but it was actually it's my mum who has instilled me in this mindset because when I was younger and I was 17 I was going to doctor's appointments and there's a you know a, a, a doctor and he's sat there and he's beside his he's behind a big desk and he's got authority and he's saying you will never be able to work because you won't be well enough you can't go to university next year because you won't be well enough and my mum is stood she used to stand behind them quite often she used to look like she was doing something or wander around the office she used to stand behind them she used to go no 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 like this behind their heads so so I or we'd walk out of an appointment and she'd we'd walk out and we'd be in the hallway and she'd go, that's a load of bollocks. Don't listen to it. That's what they think. That's not you. That's not you. And that's not what you need to think. That's what they think. Yeah, and, absolutely. And every time that's what she used to say to me. And then so that's what I would say to myself, you know. Yeah. fantastic and I think that's that's when when she had the problems with the prosthesis with her breast form and she's like why can't it be and that one day where she said why does it have to look like this why can't it be completely different why does it have to look like this I think that's why I'm like yeah why can't it like why do we have to accept what big corporations what people in authority are just giving us why do we don't need to accept that we can do what we want to do that's going to be better yeah yeah, absolutely fantastic fantastic uh, now so I, i'm looking at the time we're coming around to this hour and it's gone bloody quick this hour has Sorry, uh, so, yeah. uh, no 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 it's, it's brilliant because it's a it's a bit of fantastic conversation uh so it really has <laughs> so i'm gonna I'm, we'll come back around to because i want to at the end we'll come back around as to what uh your website and everything like that um and how people can contact you and from boost point of view so i'm gonna ask a few ad hoc questions um mm-hmm. You know, one of those ones, I suppose, is what do you wish you had known when you first started out? And let's look at that from both your freelance point of view and boost point of view. What do you wish you had known when you first started out on that journey? Both of them. I 
I think um I think I would have told myself particularly with boost to just to trust my instincts as much as as I could I think that's the main thing and I do do that I am the sort of person that does trust my instinct but there were times where I thought I don't know if I know really what I'm doing I'm just blagging it and I think that actually overall I was okay with that which is fine but I would have in hindsight would have liked another little me on my shoulder going yes you're right it's going to be all right just carry on <laughs> just carry on and actually um that makes uh that makes a big difference I think that that that's probably it I think for the freelance work it's kind of different because the freelance work both really both boost and my freelance work is a bit of a it's both a bit of a passion project really both things that I really love to do um I don't know really about the freelance work I guess that what I wish I'd probably done is just trained somebody or had somebody with me earlier because now the freelance work is actually quite busy and there's lots of people here and I've accidentally got myself into a position where people and it's a really lovely position to be in but people want to speak to me all the time about these things and I feel like I wish I'd shared my knowledge as I was developing it I wish I'd done that earlier started that earlier so that I wasn't when I get busy or when I get snowed under I don't sometimes I feel like projects that I could be working on are disadvantaged because I can't work on everything and I feel really sad about not being able to do as much as I would like to do and I think if if earlier on I'd have thought god I'm going to develop this thing and it's going to be I'm going to evolve this knowledge and I need to pass start passing that on to somebody who can evolve it with me. I think that would have been really valuable, but it's um it's kind of I, I probably need to start that now, like today. Get I was gonna say, to yeah, I was gonna say is that because by all accounts nothing's is gonna stop you anyway. And is that something that you would actually contemplate doing anyway? Uh, in, it's something in, in I would now. like to do. I I probably um the the thing is it's that catch twenty two, isn't it? I, I almost need like a little bit of investment to set up that yeah, side but... of a of a new business or a new company and and then to do it we do a bit through boost we do push a, a few bits of consultation work through boost now um to make it a little bit easier for us but yeah it's good. it's difficult yeah yeah no, good that's good that's a good answer now then what else was going to say to you in the difficult moments how do you stay focused on moving forward and making progress if i tell you shall i tell you the honest answer to that that basically everything is really fun <laughs> so even the difficult parts are quite fun in the end um but also I have been through things that have been difficult and I have to say that that everything that I do with the business with my freelancing it's my choice I'm driving it so when it's difficult it's only because I've made it difficult because I've made those choices I've set up that deadline I've applied for that funding we've now got to deliver it but I've made those choices so that's fine because I'm in I'm really happy to be in a position where I'm actually working where I can be challenged and find things difficult because I could easily be just be sat you know not being able to move being you know um the old disabled person at home not doing anything so everything that is challenging and also um I did a self-build house once 
we live in a, a house that I planned and um, I had built and uh, everybody told me I wouldn't be able to do that wouldn't you can't build a house you can't do that fine no you, you know we're not yeah. going to help you because it's too much hard work and uh, and I said well it's stupid to turn down an opportunity to build your house so I'm going to do it anyway and that was that was hard that was hard so everything else everything with the business side all the challenges that come with that they're kind of fun because I'm in oh, charge of things. I bring yeah. it on myself and I make those decisions and it and it's hard and it gets difficult. But it was never like building the house. I was we had mortgages that fell through. I had to sell my other house to fund this house. We were completely homeless and we didn't have anywhere to go. And I still sorted it out. I got the way through it in the end. And that was stressful. And that was a proper problem. And this stuff is just it's like a walk in the park yeah <laughs> yeah it's a challenge well not a like a walk in the park but it's it's challenging but challenging in a good way that makes me focus and makes me learn but it's not like panicking homelessness it's not like that maslow hierarchy of needs where i've just i've got to get something done because we have nowhere to live kind of thing yeah. and, and i've made my family completely homeless and i've sold our other house because i need to fund this one and you know all those things that i had to sort out to do to get the house built um that was those were problems and then what i have now is a learning journey <laughs> and I, I think that because I, I did I've done I just did a post on LinkedIn around this because we had a discussion this morning and, and it is you can think your way into or out of any situation good yeah. or bad and yeah. and it's about the perspective of of turning it into a challenge rotating the lens and turning it into a challenge and problem solving yeah that challenge you know and, yeah. and that's you know fantastic yeah great great I great. can remember Adam I can remember saying to my mum oh my god how am I going to do this we just sold the other house we had a builder's bill that needed to be paid I the mortgage had fallen through again that week and I had no way of getting this money in and I said the builder's just going to walk and we're not going to have any house and we're not going to have anything and my mum just went well sort it out then sort it out then and I was like yeah okay whatever and she's like well if you can't sort it out you need to find the person who can sort it out and sort it out and and I did and I did and I just went up and I just thought yeah why can't I just sort this out I'll just sort it out and and we did and I did manage to sort it out and those but those were like that's when that's stress like that was stress all of the business stuff is just I love it it's stressful but it's fun stress I learned so much from it so yeah superb superb <laughs> that's it now this one i normally ask of everybody no i don't know whether to proceed this one but i'll do this one so uh, i think this was uh i think this was on a, a i think it's a tim ferris uh um podcast that he, he, he asked i think it is it might be another one though if in 150 years science fails to save us and all that is left is a book about your life what would the title be and what would the blurb tell us about Samantha Jackman? That's interesting. Oh, that's a really hard question, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the, <laughs> the title, the title might be something like, Ha ha! You thought she was just a blonde girl in the corner, but actually, look what she did. <laughs> <laughs> but that was because because the words were amazing. 
you know, when I was looking at it, it's like, fuck off, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do, so I'm going to just going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because that's the impression. Like that. Yeah, yeah. You tell me one thing and I'll do it. I'll do the, the opposite. The opposite. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be absolutely fine. The more you tell me I can't, the more that I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good title. That's a good title. Yeah, the more you tell me I can't, the more that I know that I can. Can. And yeah. that's probably, that we'll sit with that one then maybe. Yeah. And I think it would probably, um, yeah, I, I think that would probably be the way the way forward. But I would think that I would hope that in the 150 years, the book about my life wouldn't really be about my life. And what it would be is about the the ripples that I've created and the focus would be on those and not me, because me as an individual, it doesn't really matter anything. But what matters is that. Um, from some of the work that I've done, the art centre didn't close in the village and therefore we had the Jubilee celebrations and therefore we had all these things that happened and the projects that I'm working on in Penzance goes ahead and and the stuff that I've been doing um, in my local town, the public artworks are still there in 150 years time and they're still there and and they those things that you might not even know that I was involved with as a consultant like are, are there around or or that in 150 years time, people are wearing even better versions of these and nobody is wearing anything like, <laughs> like a, a, chicken a, fillet, traditional, yeah. a traditional breast form has moved on very significantly and people are, are moving on. Those are the things that I would like to be the ripples, but I don't know whether it would, I don't know whether it necessarily needs to be about me. I would hope that it kind of wasn't. I'd hope it was broader than that. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, so because I, I, I know we stick to about an hour with these, that's about the the listening sort of my limit. Now, because you've just held the the uh, the chicken fillet up in your uh, beautiful innovation uh, um, on this, tell people where they can find out about um, Boost, um, your website, um, and uh, anything else you want them to know about and get in contact with you. Okay, so if you want to find out about Boost products, you can have a look on our website, which is www.wewearboost.com. And you can look at us on social media. Our Instagram is particularly good at the moment because we have a new intern who's doing the Instagram. She's much better at it than me. So it's very interesting. And um, that is at We Wear Boost. And you can find us on um, Twitter as well and on Facebook again at We Wear Boost. Or you can connect with me on LinkedIn if you want. I'm Samantha Jackman, and you should be able to find me somewhere well, on LinkedIn. I will put all the links in the description anyway, because I'll ask. Uh, I will put a little bio in there and uh, and everything. So all the links will be on there. So uh, please do go and uh, look at uh, um, Sam and uh, and Boost uh, in particular, uh, and connect with her and have a conversation with you because she is infectious to be around. <laughs> so the second time I've uh, I've. Uh, been and had a chat with her and um it's uh, i find it quite motivating just because of how you are and how you you just you, you know you and, 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 and i was showing this on audio those that watch on video you will see because she is constantly on the go uh she's constantly moving about so you can see yeah and that's so, why i need my props adam when i talk about things i have to have them in my hands so i can talk about them yeah so it's been fa absolutely fantastic to, to have you on um, and I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's been a brilliant discussion. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Keeping It Business podcast. It's brought to you by New Way Growth, business mentoring and client acquisition specialists. And if you'd like to know more, please visit www.newwaygrowth.com.